Hey, Adrian, do you remember when church was fun? Um, um, no, no, oh, oh, yeah, maybe there was, uh, uh, uh. Hey, 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 sanguine points of light out there, you are the ones making a difference. You are the ones searching the scriptures. You are the ones communicating with our supernatural father and our savior, Jesus, and the comforter and the helper and the amazing person of the Holy Spirit. And you are his messengers. And just you are that ear where he can speak to and minister to those around. So thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you do. You are amazing. And I just want to say, if no one said it, thanks. And I'm proud of you because in this world, it is hard sometimes to live and walk out our faith. And even in the culture, and I'd say in the States, that's true. We live in a culture of Christianity and it's so hard to stick out because Well, you've heard me, uh, let's not go down that rabbit hole yet. We don't want to get into the weeds yet. So welcome. I do appreciate you. I am so grateful for this tribe. I'm so grateful for this local group, which I totally feel, and I know that it's true, is representative of all of you out there that listen, just committed friends and believers in Jesus and this faith walk. So thank you. And welcome to the Sanguine Podcast. If you're new, I'm your host, Tom Baldwin. Uh, self-proclaimed redneck preacher. That is, I did go to a little bit of Bible college, um, one year of Bible college and, uh, enough to be dangerous, but I am self-taught and this is a self walk of faith. And so these are from my experiences, my conversations with my friends and just some outright opinions. So welcome to this podcast. It is designed for you to fall in love with an adventure with Jesus and to stay out of the trap of organized religion. So, hey, great way to share the podcast or find the podcast or just find more information out about the podcast is sanguinefaith.com is the website and all the episodes stream directly from there. And then you can link up to players, your favorite players, you know, CastBox, um, whatever it is that you really like. I have to go look for sure, but I think there's a link to Pandora. I know there's a link to Spotify and all the places um, that you can find podcasts, including mine. And so it's helpful to see the cover art and get there. I always love to hear from you. And uh, my email is 406bigt at gmail.com. I always appreciate the emails, the feedbacks about content, things you agree with, things you disagree with, or even prayer requests. I love to pray for you because I am a supernatural believer. I believe that God changes things. He changes people and he intervenes on our behalf. And unlike a lot of the modern church culture where it's routine and road and we thank God for our food, but we don't ask for much more than that. That is not who I am. I believe that God is supernatural and uh, I am definitely on a path of walking that back into the forefront of my life. It kind of fell away because uh, I just got a little discouraged. You know, that happens to all of us. We get a little weary, we get a little fatigued, and sometimes we need some rest and some regrouping to reconnect with our the yearnings of our heart and find out what our passions that have 
passed away through woundings and fatigue are, and I am definitely on that path. My wife reminded me, she's like, ever since I knew you, you were ready to do the stuff of the supernatural. That is, I was ready to see people ministered to in a way that is outside the logic of this world in a supernatural way that brings supernatural healing. All right. And so if you go to the website, I always get sidetracked a little bit. Um, you can link up to uh, the Tombo Baldwin store where you can find some merchandise, some bling bling stuff that supports this white guy. And uh, you can also on the website just find that donate button where you can just donate and you just give cold hard cash to this white guy. Anyway, this podcast will continue irregardless if, if you do any of that stuff. It's just always appreciated and uh, it's kind of like an encouragement to me. But let's get into today's podcast. This podcast stemmed out in a conversation that I had with my wife last night and I, I was like, we were talking about something that I said in the last podcast, just about the sterilization of the supernatural in the church and that most of the modern churches we go to, they're interested in a streamlined service, so you get all the stuff, you get greeting, some of them even introduce food and coffee, you get your, you know, 15, 10 to 15 minutes of, you know, very polished worship, barely enough time to connect with God and worship in the sense that I believe that we're called to, but let alone called to, that our inner spirits need to, to be refreshed, to make it through the week. We need communion with God. And so church is not the place where you need to rely on that because it's not there. You have to get it from yourself. And really, I use the term church interchangeably, but we're the buildings that house the people of God who are actually the church. Those buildings are not the church. They are And I've referenced this in my belief idols and the programming and the structure that is represented by these buildings are like the autoclave of sterilization that anything supernatural, any move of the spirit can't happen in that place because it's so structured and it's geared around getting the maximum input and volume. So you get the maximum amount of people in this space. You give them the maximum like sensory experience, which a lot of these churches focus on. Okay. And we're talking sensory and, you know, this physical realm, not the spiritual realm, because there is a sensory experience that is meant to happen during worship. There's meant to be a connection with God. And the the teaching is meant to bring conviction that brings change and that you feel the burn. And that after the message, there's meant to be ministry that happens. But in the church, we're just click, click, click. And so we go and we know what to expect. Okay. There's no surprises as we go. We go and uh, we get there hopefully on time. For most of us, that's probably not true unless your kids have left the house and and or you're a single male, then there's probably a good chance of getting to church on time. Did Tom actually say that? Yes. Or getting to the building on time. And then you can sit down and you can really relax and you can really zone out because there's nothing unexpected that's going to happen. Well, and just the concept of when I read the Bible and You don't have to go very far in your reading. The unexpected happens all the time. Now, yeah, are we talking about a condensed timeline? Yeah, we are sometimes events that happen fairly quickly. But in the New Testament, that timeline is fairly compressed. And so events and miracles happen fairly frequently in the short span of Jesus' ministry, which is represented by the New Testament. And the Apostle John wrote that you know, all his works could not be contained. This is just a fraction of what is written down. So our example and our interaction 
with Jesus. So in the New Testament, they had that interaction sometimes within the synagogue, but most of the time outside the synagogue. And it kind of gives us some insight into what organized religion and how effective it is. The synagogue was the place where the Pharisees had taken the law and really twisted it and made it into uh, almost a form of punishment for the people and a heavy burden. It's why Jesus came along and said, my yoke is easy and my burden is light because the burden of the rules and regulations the people were under was huge. And the Pharisees were adding to that like daily as they could, because the human nature is one of control and organized religion so often moves to that place of control. And so organized religion, including the modern day Christianity that's in the big churches and stuff, is very predictable because they don't like unpredictability. But in the scriptures, we see a place of volatile unpredictability that leads to wonderful outcomes, to healing, to freedom, to deliverance, to letting loose of the burden of guilt and shame. We think about the woman at the well. We think about the woman caught in adultery, and we look at Jesus, and it's it's like bam, 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 unexpected, 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 unexpected. Okay, when I go to church, the building, okay, I am the church, so I can have church right here in my closet. Now, I have to say, it's a lot more fun with my friends and my other believers to gather together with them. And even as we gather, we are the church. And when we gather and we don't necessarily do anything organized, but often our conversation goes to that of the supernatural because that is where our heart and passions lie. But when you go to the building, it's like, all right, we get there, I'm going to get greeted, you know, hopefully, you know, not by the unkept guy over there, hopefully by this nice couple in the, you know, the nice tuxedo and the shirt, and maybe they'll befriend me and invite me over to their really nice house, and I can see what it's like to be an affluent Christian, and maybe I'll get a position in the church. Anyway, we can tell Tom's biases, right? They are very, very evident, but is your experience different? So you go, you you know, you greet, hopefully, you know, they're serving some trendy coffee from your local coffee shop because they're spending extra because it's only the best coffee for you, right? And then they ask you to donate because the coffee represents some mission fund or is supporting some youth group or some children's ministry. So you donate an outrageous amount of money because really <laughs> money and the donation of money for good causes helps relieve a lot of guilt about not living that spirit-filled life and not ministering. So the modern church affords us a way to get rid of our guilt by giving instead of going. Keith Green had a song and he always had a unique way of really hitting the mark in a a subtle way. Um, Just talking about how it's easier to write a check than go yourself. But I would argue that it's much more fulfilling to go yourself and to do it yourself and you be the hands and feet. It is a a privileged place, but it's also a little scary because what happens to hands and feet? They get dirty. They get into the muck and they get into the mess. So you go to church, you get you get greeted. I got greeted at the church. And then some churches you get seated. And if you don't get there early, you might not get a seat. You might have to wait in the lobby. Or if the church hasn't got too big yet, there's some guys scrambling around getting lawn chairs out of the trunks of cars to get you a seat because it's important that you can sit down in service. Tell it's not important because you need to stand up because it's the time you need to stand up and you need to be told to stand up because you probably won't stand up on your own because you're a lazy. No, I'm just, right? What? 
do we see from the scriptures and what do we see from David when he gets caught up in the spirit, when he gets caught up in worship? What do we see of John the Baptist when he's exiled? Well, of the apostle John, when he's exiled to the island of Patmos and he has visions, we see uncontrolled experiences. And when we see the Holy Spirit move and the Holy Spirit's described as a wind where he goes to and fro and where he may, that does not fit into an organized church service. So by nature, when a church service is highly organized, they exclude the Holy Spirit. You're like, Tom, whoa, that's not cool. Are you saying that there's a lot of churches that don't want the Holy Spirit and they would just, they'd feel fine without him because he's a little unpredictable. He does unpredictable things. And in our church, we don't believe in speaking in those tongues like, right? Um, which are called heavenly languages in the Bible. And uh, we're just not okay because we don't really know what you're saying. And so uh, we just rather, Holy Spirit, if you could just pass on by, we're going to organize this in such a way where there's no room for you because you're scary. Now, when Adrian and I were having this conversation, there was actually a point in our lives where church was really fun. And every Sunday we looked forward to going to church because it was unpredictable. It was getting to the point and the pastor that was leading the church and the leadership that was leading the church was really moving into the genuine supernatural, you know, not some contrived thing by man where there's hyped up emotions because we can definitely err on the other side of that. But there's a genuine sweet spot of being in the spirit that isn't contrived by human nature where the desire and the purpose is not to ramp people up to feel really good to give a lot of money because there's certainly a lot of that out there but to let people's guards down so the Holy Spirit can come in and minister. And this environment was being orchestrated through the pastor and the worship leader who was specifically picking songs that were not necessarily easy to sing, but the words were powerful because words have power. They have tremendous power. They are keys to unlock doors in realms that we need to access for healing. And so these songs, and the worship leader was not some, you know, polished, excellent voice. He had a mediocre voice, but he had a passion for helping people enter into worship. So he was a leader. He wasn't just a polished, like, lead singer. He actually led people strategically, and he had a plan where the songs moved you closer into that experience with God that you started where people could kind of join in, and there was this drawing in. And he would orchestrate with the pastor. They'd talk about what the message was going to be and what songs would be appropriate, what scriptures were being used. Could we reference songs that reference psalms that maybe the scriptures were going to come out of? And so this was partnered and oftentimes was half hour to 45 minutes. So you had time to get there. You had time to let go. It wasn't like this, boom, and we're stopped. And I've been in a lot of services. It's like where all of a sudden it's like, oh, we're starting to worship. And then it's like, chink, shut down because it was 14 minutes and 34 seconds. And that's all the time we had allotted for that. <laughs> for one, uh, God is not on your time schedule. So during the service and oftentimes in the middle of the service, instead of the announce announcements that you get at some churches, different people in the body were picked the week before to listen to God and weren't told anything about the service, okay? Now, the worship leader and the pastor, they did talk together to plan, but this person was basically to give a world of encouragement or a prophetic word and was not necessarily told what was going on. 
can I tell you how amazing that was and how many people got spoke to as this person? And it varied often. And yes, I happened to be that person a few times. And it was really a wonderful experience. Throughout the week, you just listen and then it would begin to fortify. And you'd ask, well, God, how do you want me to present this? And it was just, it was a beautiful experience as the Holy Spirit worked through me. But then when you actually got up and delivered that to the people, I, when I did it, and I know the other people that did it too, had an intent that the word of God was powerful and active and it was going to do something. And it did. People got tremendous encouragement. People got insight. All of a sudden you speak to something and they'd have a memory that they didn't have. And it led to some ministry after the service. And so this all started to play together in the pastor's message. And at the end, even if the pastor didn't orchestrate a time of ministry, ministry broke out after the service. Somebody would walk up to somebody else and say, hey, I just, I felt really impressed to pray for you. And specifically about this, are you dealing with this? And you look at the person and their face would all of a sudden go flush, which is a clue that the spirit was right on. And yes, because, and during that season, when that happened, you got excited because you saw the spirit open the door and he's like, yes, it's time to minister. And we, during that season, that means we, the church that was there, were very sensitive. And so when the spirit would open the door, we're like, we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit and we're just going to wait a few minutes and ask him what he wants to do. And so we would wait and either someone that was praying for or someone that was being prayed for would have, oh, I just had this thought come into my mind. And somebody else would say, oh, I also had that. And it seems like we want to go. People were getting free of addictions, hurts. God was going back and having hurts where parents maybe were insensitive and there were elder parents there, okay, not the birth parents, but people that are fathers and mothers in the spirit that can say, oh, I'm so sorry. You know, that wasn't right. Can I make it right? And beginning to speak, okay, this is how supernatural healing happens. This is supernatural. And I don't want to call it psychology because it makes it sound trite, but it is a therapy that goes in. It's like a power, spirit power tool therapy that goes in and can take what would take years of counseling and can condense it into a moment. And so in my life and Adrian's life, that's when church was fun. And unfortunately, during that season, the enemy's always at work. And there were forces that went to the extreme and and it kind of, let's just say if I was to do it again, I would be more aware. And uh, um, the pastor ended up retiring and it was good because we continued on the supernatural path. We had huge momentum and there were just, there were some evil forces within there that kind of blew it up. But the remnant of what was there continued on. And I'm part of that remnant and that remnant exists all over the United States. And I, I would imagine if I'm feeling that call back again, that they are also, what was created there was great. And the enemy came in and he thinks that he destroyed it, but he didn't. It was kind of like, uh, well, when you have like a, a dandelion that flowers and the wind comes and it appears to be destroyed, it's really not destroyed. It's temporarily like gone, but it's being dispersed so it can grow and plant all over and create a crop that's like, and we know this, like 10,000 fold. And so that's where I'm going. I want to spread this. I want, and you've heard me say this again 
and again. And I, I think this is the answer and it's so unpopular, but what we got right now is a big church that's a big idol. It's wasting a lot of resources on itself. It's time to burn it down. It's time to demolish the idols. It's time to burn it all down. And so I'm just one small voice out there, but I'm trusting one big God. And uh, this isn't my mission. I believe that it's his mission. And I know that he puts the passions in my heart. And uh, I'm just praying that people take action because what we're doing is we're destroying something that's impotent and sterile. And it's creating this life and this family of vitality, healing, and health. And you feel it in your spirit as you listen and you hear me talk. And maybe you haven't had similar experiences or maybe you have, but your heart yearns towards that because it's not scary with God because God loves you and he's always wanting to take you to a higher place. Is he going to expose your addiction? Absolutely not. You may have addictions to all kinds of stuff. There's every addiction out there. I mean, there's the popular ones, but there's so many addictions. I was talking to an ex-drug addict, and he's talking about drugs I've never heard of that were his favorite. I'm just like, whoa. Yeah, you can have every addiction under the sun. You can have every kind of sexual addiction. You can be a homosexual, a tricycle, a bicycle. I don't, right? Every single thing. You can be a a tranny, drag queen, love, I we need a church this powerful that we don't have to argue. It just operates in power. Have you ever met a powerful spiritual person and you come up to them and you can just feel and you can trust them? And that's how God is. And God wants to create people like that. So where these addictions, where there's so many under the sun, God can come in through ministry and prayer And just deal with these. And he does it in such a way that it's not embarrassing. It's like your dirty underwear isn't exposed. It's like, oh, Tom's a food addict. Well, it's pretty obviously Tom's fat. Yes, he's a food addict. Oh, Tom also has an addiction to alcohol. Well, yeah, maybe. No, that's not going to (sighs) happen. Actually, Tom doesn't have an addiction to alcohol. Tom may. No, I don't think I did because I was able. I Side note. I've made some substantial changes in my life because God's brought some healing and I just wanted to transition to some different things. And yeah, the addiction I deal with the most is food. Now, I'm not devoid of other addictions and could I be addicted to alcohol? Quite possibly. And that's why I've caught my consumption way back because I don't want to be addicted and I want to keep things in check with the Holy Spirit because I want to be his church. I don't want to have idols in my life. And so if you happen to think about praying for Tom, yes, the biggest thing, and you're just like, Tom, that's not dirty. I want to hear something dirty about you. Well, I've certainly had all the the great addictions that are out there. So especially for a man, yes, as a teenager, yes, there's addiction to porn. I mean, yeah, so there's your dirty laundry. Now, as an old man, my addiction is food, and it's a hard one. And so if you think about praying for me, I, yeah, I'm, like many, looking for that supernatural encounter in my own life. And uh, it's been a while since I've had a visitation. I mean, if we're just getting real, when I look back to when church was fun, those were amazing season, and it's been a while since I've had experience and I'm yearning for that. I want those God experiences. So if you're like me, start taking some action. Start getting connected with your passions and start looking realistically. You only have so much time. You're going to waste it doing the same thing over and over with no results. Do you want to be an impotent, pathetic Christian? 
I mean, really, when you go to church, do an honest assessment. Tell me what the benefit was of that Sunday. Did you just feel kind of good? You thought, oh, that message was good. Did it make a difference? Did it transform you? Okay, I'm starting to get hard on myself. And if I'm hard on myself, I'm going to be hard on others. But we're wasting a lot of freaking time. You may be better off watching TV than going to church because you may get more relaxation and more benefit from that. Because going through the rote motions of something that's supposed to be supernatural and transformative, and it's not, that kills something. That's like a that's like a poison. You're being poisoned daily to an absolute impotent life. You're going to be in your 60s doing the same rote, impotent thing with no power. structures that we have are doing nothing for our benefit. They are building idols. All right, my friends, I know I'm preaching to the choir, but let's be a choir that changes things. Come on. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Just some exit notes here. If uh, you're listening to this, you're listening to one of three podcasts. There are two other podcasts you might be interested in. So there is my Sanguine podcast. There is the Yup podcast and a podcast specifically designed for encouraging women of all ages. The Yes Women podcast. I just encourage you to go and try some more of Tom Baldwin's podcast.